Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I don't know if you know this about me or not, but uh, I'm an encouraging kind of grandbaby. Mm-hmm. Like if we was the Smurfs, I would be encouraging Smurf, but I would spell it or shorten it. It, it would be better because it just would have to be the best Smurf name. <laughs> just, you know, in, in my part of Smurfville. Uh, but real, real talk, uh, the gift of encouragement is kind of a twofold thing. It not only helps others, which is my jam, but it also every now and again, boomerang back and it helps me. And I was having just some quiet time with God and just exploring myself, just where I'm at emotionally, spiritually, all the things. And something kind of arose in my spirit. And I was like, mm, I want to share that with you because we've gotten to that part of our relationship. Okay. Cause we're not gossiping. That's exactly why I call you. Cause who'll be gossiping won't be us. And just flow with me so much going on that I just, I'm like, I, I don't know any other way to flow outside of just my heart. I have gotten to this place in life that I'm truly I'm in a posture of go get it, go get it, where it's so eerily, it's a new place that I've been, like I've been here before, or I have at least got the the postcard from this location before where I will be on the brink of something and I, I could either choose one or two lanes. I can go ahead and psych myself out of it because of all the things I'm thinking about and the what ifs and the I'm not readies and I don't have yats and all of that. Or I could say, well, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come on the water with you on some Peter style, right? And every now and again, that whelp lane causes me to do a, I got to like charge up and then ah, and get it and don't give myself enough time to really like, did you factor in? That Goliath is nine feet. <laughs> did you factor in that you doing this in open toe sandals? Like, did you factor in? Like, there's no time to filter, right? That's why I think the Bible says that David was like, ah, he ran across the hills swiftly. Because if he had time to filter through, I don't think that we would have known him as King David. I don't, I honestly don't believe that. But I've gotten to that point where I was able to hurry up and just go through and, and then look and be like, hey, it did work out, didn't it? You went in there and asked for that promotion? What made you do that? Mm -hmm. Just felt led. I didn't even give myself time to be like, but you haven't been at the company but this this amount of time. And, you know, you haven't proven yourself. And, you know, what if they, I, listen, I don't, I'm walking in the office and I'm pitching what God told me to say. Like, what you want me to do? I don't know. <laughs> you went in there and was like, well, let's go ahead and apply for this and see what happened. Yeah, I did. And nothing in you was like, uh, but what about the five-year plan? It was like, mm-hmm, I submitted a plan to God. And next thing I know, he said to do it this way. So it don't make, I don't know. And so I've had those moments. I can look back tangibly and see those moments still in my life. Like, oh my gosh. And, you know, you make those your little Hebrew 11, you know, your little personal wall of faith or you're like that's the time that that one job and I didn't have that much to get back but I went ahead and those are beautiful moments but now I've come to the place that I want to make it a lifestyle I don't want moments 
of great abundance anymore. Moments of great faith. Moments of big leaps of faith. I don't want moments anymore. I want to make it a lifestyle. And so what I found myself saying to myself lately, I asked the question, because I'm always keeping 100 with myself. I asked, are you afraid? And then the question that followed that was, so wait, are, are you no longer afraid? And I answered that within myself by saying yes and yes. It's not that there is an absence of fear or absence of nervousness or absence of questions. It's just that I've arrived to the place in my life that those inquiries won't stop my steps. It won't stop me progressing. It won't stop me from getting to the next level. It will not stop me from doing whatever I feel is needed, however I feel led to get it. It just, it won't stop me. And I truly have gotten to the place that it feels like this. I have seen what it was like to yield to certain things not pursuing certain things, not knowing what will be an ideal situation for myself, having the plan, having the idea, having the heart's desire and yielding to that because of whatever people put after the comma, because you got kids now, because you're this old now, because you already been in that company for that long now. Well, who's going to hire you with no, whatever the accolade you think is hireable, like whatever you put behind the comma is the very thing that you decided to be the reason as to why you yield to getting to the other side. Like I truly have gotten to the place that I said, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not yielding anymore. I cannot absolutely truly and authentically live this life and not say that, yo, I at least try like, yo, you seen what it is to be on the boat. At least see what it's like to go out there with Jesus. At least see, at least go out there and try to like, I don't know. You've been at the entry level once. Why don't you just go out and just see, see what happens when you apply to different things. You've seen that part of town before you've seen this part of whatever before you've seen it before. Why you owe it to yourself to see another side of the coin. You're going to live this entire life just on one side. At least back in the days when there was tape cassettes and I'm aging myself, but God bless me. It was side A and side B. It's like, yo, turn the CD, turn the cassette around. Do something different. Because I look at it like this. If you're going to have this one life, right? If this is the one life you're going to live, we're only going to live it in one lane And then dare see people expanding in their lane with probably less than what we have. We're probably, but they have way more tenaciousness, way more bravery, way more exuberance, whatever it is that they have. It's like, yo, you are excelling in the lane that I desire to be in, but I don't have your tenacity. I don't have your courage. And so I'm going to just sit here and yield in my safety in a place that's not yielding what's in my heart. Because my thing is this, 
If you are technically playing it safe, but every single element of you playing it safe is truly your heart's desires, then I don't find that to be safe. I find that to be you have find the coordinates to your happiness. You have find the coordinates to your Garden of Eden. And you might as well just go ahead and continue to build real estate there. Why not? Maintain what what a God after God went ahead and built Eden and did all the things in the garden. He was like, all right, now let me put the man here. And let me go ahead and have him, you know, there's no vegetation yet because there's no one to come and till the land. So let me just have the man come here and, uh, you know, just do all the things to maintain what I built for him. No, Adam didn't have to be born and be like, okay, so how can I go ahead and build more Edens? And, you know, what if I go ahead and just uh, build a whole nother empire over here? No, he already reached utopia. He already reached his paradise. Now all he had to do was maintain that. But God saw that there was something missing. He was like, ah, it's not good for him to be alone. I don't think he don't look the happiest, do he? He don't look happy. Yeah, we should go ahead and ask something to him. So it's not that he had to change his location. He didn't even have to change his vocation. But he did have to change who he was paired to when all the animals was brought to him and it was like, ah, that's not really it. God was like, I know. And I don't want you to stop naming these animals. I don't want you to start, stop being authentically you and doing authentically what I told you to do. But what I do want you to do is be honest. If you feel like, ah, this is not it. And so when he couldn't find anything that looked remotely close to, okay, this could be a helpmate for me. God was like, well, let me create something different in a new way so you can have a new experience. Lay down, go to sleep. Let me take this rib and let me do something. And when you wake up, I'll know for sure if this is if, if, if this was along the lines of what you were desiring. Adam woke up and was like, bro, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, God, <laughs> I'm seeing you and I'm seeing her and I want to know her. Okay, sir. I'm going to take over here. I'm going to know her a little bit. That's okay. All right. You made it for me. Okay, great. And I just feel like I'm so glad that that was the first illustration of not settling. I'm so glad that it didn't look like ah, you're going to stay in that garden. <laughs> he's still in the garden that God made him. No, he's not in his mother's basement. You know, no disrespect to the grandbaby. So still, ah, oh, hey, grandbaby. But you know, it is what it is. Don't let anyone make you feel like the place that you've identified as this is great, but there can be some additions to it that will make it better. Yeah, it, sometimes it's not as grandiose as you moving all the way over there or you changing your particular career path. Sometimes it's not even bold, big moves. Sometimes it's just something simple like, hey, I think I've achieved the, the coordinates of success that I want to achieve and I think I would like somebody to come here with me. Yeah, everybody's story is different. That's why you got to stay true to yourself. I always said, and it's worth repeating, I'm so glad he didn't get to a particular animal and was like, eh, yeah, this is okay. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, uh, I don't want anything that can't speak like me and eat like me. And, like, it would have been really weird trying to uh, commune with something and be one with something that is just so foreign to me. So I'm glad that he didn't make that a whole thing because, you know, like, no, no, no pressure, Adam, but uh, you're setting the premise for forevermore. 
Okay, for this reason, a man will leave his house. And, like, like, yeah, you you said you were the first marriage. That's a lot of firsts. So I'm so glad you were not the first. That your first sin, I hate that you send it all, but I'm glad that his first sin wasn't settling. Ah, oh, so much in that we can unpack for 15 hours, but I'm not going to do this for hours. But my thing of the matter is, if you can experience utopia, if you can experience something different, if you've even sensed an inkling of like God trying to do something different in me, through me, for me, to me, go get your blessing. Stop letting past situations and maybe decisions that you made on a different operating system and the time in your life. Who knows if your brain was all the way developed? Who knows if you were still dealing with some wounds that weren't all the way healed in your soul? Who knows if you was kind of dealing with some of your, your ancestors passed down situations and whatever they didn't heal from? Who knows? But don't let that be the sole purpose why you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to just go ahead and be okay with Egypt. Really? And you know in your heart somewhere that God is like, I've really got the promised land for you. Like, there's so much abundance I have for you. Like, I literally said in John 10, 10, um, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, but I came so that you may have life and life more abundantly. You're going to read abundantly and go, yes, uh, but no, thank you, Egypt, please. Really? You the only... Uh, you you sure you want to be the only person that kind of thinks that way? But you know what the sad part is? The majority thinks that way. I think it's actually the uh, the smaller number of people are thinking promised land flow. And, and I had to just really just get into myself and ask, what holds people back from going to get their blessing? And you would say, oh, yeah, it's fear. But sometimes I feel like it's the picture that you painted about what comes once you go ahead and accumulate and ascertain what God has for you. I want to read literally a part of the Israelite experience that doesn't really get a lot of shine in my opinion, but it gives a lot of insight to why they moved the way that they did. Mind you, these people didn't have really, they didn't come from a long line of blessings. They came from a long line of enduring. So when it was time to go ahead and actually assume and possess the land, all they knew was how to endure something that was uncomfortable. Now that you're saying, now go fight for something that's going to lead for continual internal blessing like seriously your generation will be changed forever like all the when you tell it when you painting this kind of picture to people who are not used to that picture being painted for them it's almost like yeah about face so i want to go ahead and read exit uh, well actually numbers exodus is one of that the plagues and stuff happens but numbers 13 and i actually want to read this because this is the portion where they actually went out to go spy the land and so if you were to read Numbers 13 real quick, like just skim through it, read your Bible, that's between you and the Lord. If you were to just go to verse 23, it says, when they came back to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. Pause. So these folks was like, yo, I, they're not going to believe us. 
we got to go ahead and take back some fruit. I, it's going to be heavy. I know we, we're coming back with things we didn't come here with, but we have got to show these people that what God said is true. Like, yo, it, it like seriously, we need to. So then when they went back to go give the report, let's watch the mindset of the Israelites. So I want to start at, let's just start at 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned, 26, to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. 27, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you saw us explore. You sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. 28. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. 29. The Amalekites live in Negev. And the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. 31. But the men, the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. 32. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored would devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. 33. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. But next chapter, Numbers 14. Verse one, then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night Two, their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Three, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? For then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Pause. Do you see the problem? <laughs> it's one thing. To go there and measure yourself up against what you think is your competition and go, woo, y'all look tall, ain't it? <laughs> how tall How tall are you? 12 feet. Praise God. Let's go home. Like, yeah, I, I can see how that could be a little, you know, I'm not going to try to act like I'm the most courageous grandbaby, but I can see how that could be a little bit. But it's the fact that even with one of y'all saying like, nah, we can do it. Let's go, Israelites. Let's go. It was no clap, clap. It was no clap, clap. But that wasn't what the issue was. It was the fact that the report that was spread was we can't go against them. They are stronger than we are. Okay, so you're still comparing yourself. The land that we traveled and explored would devour anyone that lives there. Hmm? All the people we saw were huge. Okay. 
We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Okay, that's a little bit fishy, and that's a little bit of a failed mindset, and it may be some truth in it, but it looks like you added a little bit more sauce to the plate than it needed to be. But this is what really got them. They played the tape forward to their demise. Because Numbers 14 says in verse 2, their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. I'm sorry, pause. Who told you that? Who, who told you that uh, the countries, that first of all, the land was going to go ahead and devalue you. That was number one. Number two, that uh, this is, you, you're going to die in battle. And then number three, your wives and your little ones would be carried off as plunder. Who told you that? Isn't fear a carbon copy of faith? Isn't it so obvious that literally you only have two options in life? It's going to be for you to fear something that hasn't happened yet or stand in faith for something that hasn't happened yet. And truly you are deciding based upon your actions and your emotions, which one you're leaning into is the kingdom of darkness going to get that one. Or are you going to give that one to the kingdom of heaven? Hmm? Yet, yeah, Like, I'm sorry. Did any of this happen yet? Did anyone get devoured when they went and lived there? No. Did anyone, did y'all die in battle yet? No, you didn't even have to battle yet. Did, your wives and your little ones being plunder, carried off as plunder. It's like, yo, you just perverted your faith. Because you could have very well went ahead and tagged along with Caleb and said, all right, listen, if you believe that, I'm going to go ahead and tag my faith with yours. Because right now I'm feeling a little bit, you know, just a little bit weak here. So would you say you feel like we can do it? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. We're going to go ahead and, and possess the land that God gave us. We're going to go ahead and we're going to eat more of these grapes because... It was good. Did y'all taste it? Did you have some? Yeah, it was good. So we're going to go ahead and we gonna, that's going to be our permanency. This ain't going to be a little shop. We ain't just do this to, to shop just real quick. This is going to be our lives. This is going to be where our children reside. We ain't come all this way to just be sitting here and just trying to figure out, okay, how we go back. Like, we're not doing any of that. Do you understand that these were the same Israelites that saw God part the Red Sea? This is the same Israelites that had manna, literally quail, that they literally, they saw some things that nobody ever will see again they saw God's hand firsthand they saw some things that it was like yo this is unbelievable and they got to the edge of their promise they got to the edge of what they can possibly see God do for them they went ahead and explore it they were able to tangibly be like okay it's there and they allowed their mindsets to decide yeah no I don't I don't, I don't believe it I would rather put my energy in believing that this is going to be against us. How? That doesn't make any sense. Didn't you see God split the Red Sea and Pharaoh was in it and he, and he was done, him and his chariots and charioteers? Name a time that God failed you in this wilderness. Y'all did some stuff and God still was like, you know what? I'm uh, Y'all getting on my last nerve. But name a time that he failed you. Name a time that you got close to needing something and God didn't meet your needs. I mean, look down at the the clothes that you're wearing. The Bible says that it didn't grow weary. And y'all haven't gone to a mall in any of these years. I was looking. I was reading. There was nothing being shopped for. So why is it that you are okay 
with making sure that fear plays against the very thing that God is trying to get to you. He wants to make you a wife. And you like, no, because I don't really have anybody in my family that really is happy like that. And I, I mean, I've been looking at these husbands and they're not husband in the way I be. Mm-mm-mm. Because I just, I feel like people be losing too much of themselves. And you went ahead and looked at everybody else's non-cockered land and said, oh, it's not going to work for me. Really? Why, why, why can't you be the first person in your family to do something different? Why can't you be the first person in your family to go ahead and be an entrepreneur? Why can't you be the first one in your circle group to do something that is at, that's not being done now currently in your circle group? Why have you talked yourself against what God is trying to give to you? That doesn't make any sense. So seriously, it's like, yo, you can't even blame it on fear no more. You just got to blame it on your mindset, how you see a thing. Like, yo, real talk, go get your blessing. Go get it. You heard the deaconess. They said, go get your blessing. Go get, go get, go get, go get, go get. I mean, they did it. They, they was harmonizing. And you still not going to get it? How rude. They made a whole song for you. You understand? How, I mean, the, the audacity. <laughs> you understand? But like real talk, like like really look, like get angry. Like get, a, get something. Like, yo, they got close enough to spy out the land and still was like, "Ah, I think Egypt is better. You know how long it's going to take you to get back to Egypt? Way longer than it would for you to just go about face and move forward and go get it. Like nothing in you was like, yo, I already seen what Egypt is like. Let me see what this promised land is hitting for. You understand? It's like... What part of you is so comfortable with laying dormant that you are comfortable not getting what God has for you? Something about that should be a little bit scarily off to you. Seriously. It's not the fact that they were like, you know what? I probably could have respected if they said, we just going to park right here. No, because you know what? It's not Egypt from what we had. We already have a report on that. And it's not the promised land. We're a little bit scared of going there. But if we could just rest right here, I think, well, you know, we can make it. Yeah, we, we've done pretty good, right? Yeah, we just yeah, I think right here. But it was the fact that y'all were like, nah, this whole trip, everything that God has done, Everything that I've seen God do in my life, everything that I've seen God do to the people who caused me harm, everything that I've seen that God was able to do that I didn't even, I couldn't even have imagined that God would be able to do. Like, bro, you splitting red seas in this dry land. The the Pharaoh that I was afraid of, and I don't got to look over my shoulder no more because you made sure he was a wrap. He, he's sleepy, sleepy right now. Like God has done some things, and the very thing that God has done for me I'm like, that's not enough. I'm going back to the very place that God delivered me from. Huh? Can you make that make sense a little? Nope. I don't even want you. Just how? How? So I just got to the place that I'm like, yo, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go get it. And I know that it's not going to be absent of, oh, but what's going to happen? Find out when we get on the other side. 
on the next episode of On My Way to the Promised Land. Like I don't, and I'm and I am okay at this venture and juncture of my life with saying I don't know, but God will show me when it's time. I don't know, but God will show me when it's time. Not really sure, but what I do know for sure is that this ain't it. This job ain't it. That relationship ain't it. Where you're currently living ain't it. Yeah, where you currently living is not a paradise. So you might as well. <laughs> you understand? It's like, and and for the scared grandbabies, I I I understand that mindset. So I even went a step further. I said, yo, give six months to doing something the way that God truly, how you would have it moved in your heart. Like, yo, quit the job, B. Oh, <gasps> but you got bills. You always had bills. Since your first cell phone, shut up. Yeah, that's good English. Shut up. <laughs> How my two-year-old baby used to say. Like, come on. Like, seriously? I, I want you to kind of write down the number that you bring in a month. Literally. And I'm telling you real talk on what I, what I had to do. Real talk. Write down the number that you bring in after taxes. And say, God, I need you to cover that. Because I'm getting ready to step out into the deep. The end. Uh, yo, you can always get the job back. They're going to take your experiences from you. You mean to tell me once you quit the job, your resume just completely vanishes? Oh, so then your education is just a wrap? <gasps> you mean to tell me if you took a break from dating that you your social security number get deleted? Like, what is God asking you to lean into that you're like, Honestly, I got to stay in Egypt because I got a mortgage now. No, God, you don't understand. I got to stay in Egypt a little bit longer now because I'm at the age where, you know, like what excuse did you make for yourself that it just makes way more sense out of everything that God has done in your life, out of everything that he's trying to really show you that he wants to do and continue to do in your life. What have you done to convince yourself I'm going to go back to Egypt? And not just to visit, to live there. Until when? Dot, dot, dot. Really? You'd rather go back to buddy. You'd rather go back to being single. You'd rather go back to, you'd rather keep doing things the way that you've been doing. Well, let me just ask you something. Let me get real close to the phone. How's it working for you? Hmm? You, 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 are you at your most utopic feeling in, in when you do it? A 360 around your life, do you say, wow, God, this is the abundance that you said in John 10, 10. You said life and life more abundantly. And here I am in abundance.com backslash me, grandbaby. Like, can you honestly say that? And if you dare say yes, and it's not your truth, it's going to lighten and thunder right where you are. And God bless you. That's between you and the Lord. But you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to say, I at least tried it. At least give it a little bit of Peter. At least Peter can say, I walked on, I walked on water with Jesus. It wasn't for long though. <laughs> it was like, it, it was like one, two, three, four, five. I didn't get past six, but guess what? I walked. And when he started sinking, what happened? What did Jesus say to him? Why did you doubt me? So sinking has to do with what you're anchored in. He sunk because he was anchored in fear. I bet he would have continued to walk if he was anchored in Jesus. 
if he would have said, you, you're not sinking, so I'm not sinking. Because what did Peter ask him? He said, if that is you, tell me to come out to the water with you. So that means that if I come out here with you, I expect to look the way that you look on the water. Jesus, you're not sinking, neither am I. Oh, are we, are we doing a moonwalk? So am I. Oh, so you want to go deeper? Then let's go get it. But as long as you're doing it and I ask you to bring me out here to do what you're doing, I'm not, I dare not experience something that you're not experiencing. I dare not have the storms in a way scare me. You don't look afraid. So let me just keep looking in your eyes. Okay, Jesus, you, we just going to keep, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to hold your hand, you know, pause, but I'm going to hold your, you know, I'm a, I'm a man too, but I'm going to hold your hand and we just going to be out here. But I dare not get back in this boat, not experiencing exactly what you experienced. So I dare not be in this life, not experiencing the abundant and life more abundantly. Like I want the bun bun part. <laughs> Yo, give me that. Can, hi, can I have my order up? Yeah, I left my abundance here. No, I did a to go order. Like I'm going to get that because that's what he said that I'm supposed to have. And so I dare not live this life and be out here in these life streets and not have what Jesus said that is mine. He said, you ask for anything in my name, the father will give it to you. Yes, you ask anything. You, you said it multiple times. That means you believe it, believe it. Oh, okay. So how dare you? How dare we? How dare us live a life anything less than why you not getting it? So what's my challenge to you? Bro, give it six months. Come on, big dog. Like, I I, I want to say a year, but I know some, you know, I get it. Six months. Six months to step out the boat. Six months to say, God, I'm going to do it exactly the way I feel led to do it. And it's not going to probably make no sense to these people because everybody else is on a boat scared. But I'm going to quit this job. And it's not that I'm quitting my responsibilities. It's not that I'm quitting trying to make sure that I'm, I'm a good steward over the things that our bills and things of that nature, but I can no longer walk in this lane and hear and feel like I'm, I'm being led differently and starve myself of being in a different place because I decided to stay in the place that looks the most secure and safe. Security and safe is stagnation if God didn't place you there because when God placed Adam in Eden, he had everything he needed. And then God just added to him. But if you place yourself somewhere, you will always feel that lack. You will always feel the incomplete state. It will never feel fully furnished in your soul. Why don't you just go ahead and for six months, just go do it. See what happens. Mm-mm. Cause I don't have that much safe to uh, my emergency fund. Bruh, you, you come sound like Caleb sound like, yeah, we can do it. Sound like Caleb. Cause you sound like, uh, uh, anybody who do that, they're going, they're going to lose. They fill in the blank. Like you sound like the rest of the Israelites. And so here you are getting ready to wake up another day to go to work. Another place that doesn't feed you to go be, to spend the bulk of your time doing the bulk of something that doesn't even feel worth your time, that your purpose is not even being really f used to its fullest capacity. And here you are in traffic again, thinking about, 
another way that life could be. Here you are in that relationship that's not going anywhere. And you're like, I know I haven't seen better, but it's like I can't let go of this eerie feeling that there is better. Why don't you just let go of the reins of Egypt and truly say to God, I want to see different. God is not even asking you to do anything huge. He's not even asking you to believe on a whole nother level of like, I'll just, I'm, I'm all out. It's so that he's not even asking you to do nothing extra correctly. He's just saying, yo, you got faith size and mustard seed. And if he asked you to do something, then it will behoove you to do it. You know how you know that he asked you to do it? Because every time you think about it, you have an unwavering peace. As crazy as it sounds, it's like, you're going to quit your job. Like, yeah, I just, I feel like it's interfering in my creativity. I feel like God can do something better. I feel like, oh, really? You going to move over there? Yeah. Who you know over there? Not not a lot of people. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> you going to sign up for that? But do you have all them? Mm-mm, but God just told me, why don't you do the thing that God is telling you to do so you can achieve the thing that God has for you, that you can obtain the thing that God wants you to have? Why don't you just go get your blessing? Just go get your blessing. You're not going to sink. If you do, it was your doubt, Peter. They're not going to devour you because Joshua and them went and got it. <laughs> so like all the things that you playing in your head, like an Israelite, you're going to carry our wives away and our children will be plunder. Plunder. It didn't even happen. It didn't happen. That's fear. Counterfeited faith trying to hold you back. So what you need to do is go ahead to God and say, I feel like you're telling me to do this. And so Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out there with you. And I'm going to do exactly what I feel led to do. For additional measure, I'm going to write it down so that I'm clear and you're clear, God, that this is what I'm going to do. If at any point I'm getting ready to do something that don't look like you, please intervene and intercede as you always do because my life is open to you. But uh, this peace that I feel when I think about quitting this job, I'm going to do it. This peace and like, and it's not a peace as if you're not nervous at all. There's no other alternate feel. There's a peace of, man, that will be great. Oh, it's almost like saying, hey, I went ahead and I booked a spa appointment for you next Saturday. You see how you're not even there yet, but you were like, mm, I need that. That's almost a replica of what you feel when God is leading you somewhere. To everybody else, it would be, but what if it's packed and did you even budget for that? And, and you just got in your, I'm going to the spa. I feel like that's what my body's saying that I need. I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be going ahead and do. And if for whatever the reason I'm not supposed to go, then God will cancel the appointment. Something will come up. I don't know. But right now it feels like all arrows and roads lead to spa. 
when God is telling you to do something, that's what it feels like. It feels like, really? You're crazy, girl. Crazy. But I'm peaceful about it. That's weird, right? That once you actually put the decision in motion, that you start to feel something in you blossom. So challenge summering it up. Go get your blessing. Mm-hmm. Go. The deaconesses already said it. It's your time. And they were screaming it. It's your time. So, like, you need to listen to one of them. Okay? Because they were telling you. Okay? Uh, Go get it. I feel like you got what you needed, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know these conversations are though, right? Right. Uh, life provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who your favorite home girl, uh, by this time you should be knowing all the things that she is doing. She, me, the grandbaby. I'm talking YouTube. Yes, very much. I'm talking Patreon, text, blogging, all the things, all the things. Um, if you following anything, I mean, you should be following what she's doing because she actually said uh, she's going to be doing all the things. www.created2multiply.com is going to be the place that's always going to be the place of all the things that I'm doing. Because I'm serious about this life. And I'm serious about this abundant life. I don't know what is happening. I don't know what's getting ready to happen. But I feel like God is literally like, I was getting like the, you know, the regular octane. I was going up to the, to the fuel pump of life. Like, oh, I don't need that much. I just need $5. God was like, give her super premium and $50 on me. I was like, God, I don't need all that. To-. He was like, yes, you do. We're going to stop playing it small. We're going to stop playing it safe. We're going to stop playing the oh, what ifs. And do you not see that the dashboard on your soul is like, I'm withering and I need to be in my purpose and I'm not happy. And this is not, and it's not happiness as, oh, happy is, is, you know, relative to the person. No, happiness is very much tied into your purpose. And when you're not serving in your purpose, then you are not being utilized. And so when you're not being utilized, your soul lays dormant. Go get your blessing. But you ain't about to have me talk you to tomorrow because every time I do, you text me like, um, my phone bill came. Okay, and that's between you and the Lord. So I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. We talk later, okay? Yes, we will. We always do. <laughs> All right, later.